What exactly are DAOs? D-A-O. Decentralized Autonomous Organization. It seems like this has been the topic of interest um, that sort of followed NFTs. So there's all this hype around NFTs and the people that are close to the crypto space, the, the people that are um, sort of out front, sort of create the energy, create the next thing people talk about. They went from NFTs to DAOs. And the DAO hype has been around for quite some time, at least I think last year or so. Um, and it's really unclear what these things are. I've read some articles and I've listened to quite a few people in the legal uh, area discuss what they are. And I have noticed over time, if you listen to some older YouTube videos where you get a group of lawyers discussing what DAOs are, they seem to have changed their tune. And there isn't a whole lot of discussion from the legal crypto side tackling this issue, at least in public out front. I'm sure that they are being paid enormous sums of money to try to help the VCs, the insiders, the people that start these DAOs, try to reduce their limited liability, try to reduce their liability. And so they're not trying to help people that don't pay them. They're trying to help people that pay them. And what I've gathered so far is my current understanding of DAOs. It's not near complete. It's just my first run through. But the way to think about it is when you start a company or any kind of business, you want to reduce your liability. So you form a company, an entity that can take the liability away from you personally. And it's this abstract thing where you all operate under some rules that you set out and different people have different ownership shares and it's, it could be taxed different, differently. The entity could be taxed itself, or there could be what's called pass through taxation, which means that any income that is made generated goes, to, goes through to the owners and they're responsible for paying it as income tax. So, and back to, um, back to basics, um, this guy that I do follow in the crypto industry who, um, who's sometimes objective, I'd say more, more often than not, he, he is, uh, but he, um, is, uh, definitely on the side of Bitcoin. Um, and of course, probably most of his clients are proponents of Bitcoin. So I think that probably does bias some lawyers, but he, he was interviewed about the Dow and I thought he gave about DAOs. I thought he gave a pretty good history of sort of where DAOs sort of came from. He discussed the, the DAO in 2016. He discussed some of the people that were thinking about um, ownership shares in an entity that in this ownership shares could be, could be represented by a crypto. He talked about bit shares. Um, and he also, I thought was really good. He said, well, the particular discussion 
think it was hosted by Blockworks, and it's unlisted. I wish the video was listed. The only reason I saw it is because I just happened to read a tweet um, by Preston linking it. Uh, but there's not that many people who've seen it. But what I thought was really good is that he started for, from Per's principles. He said, what problem are we solving? And the question that the Blockworks uh, guys put to him was about, does it make sense to incorporate a DAO or to use a legal a DAO structure, some kind of entity that's a structured legal entity, if you're going to create a DAO? And um, you have to listen to the whole thing. I can give you sort of what I think what was said was basically, are they, he said, is, you know, is the question was, is it worth the trouble? Um, I think he, he said no. And I think the question was asking, should you create a legal entity that is a DAO? And that's hard to explain, but there's these legal entities that are basically the DAO itself is the legal entity. I think that's what the question was asking. And I still don't know the reason why he can sort of came to that conclusion. I think his conclusion was you can do that with a tip with a normal LLC. And then you can have um, the code on that runs on the blockchain and these smart contracts sort of manage this entity for you or sort of automate some of the tasks, not all of them, but some of them, because um, I think that Preston believes that there's people behind companies, people ultimately make the decisions. And I, I agree with that. Code can't run a company. There's always somebody behind the scenes. So what I thought was really good of him was to introduce the topic. He said, well, why do people create companies anyways? And what is a company? So he said, they want to reduce their liability, provide efficient way to reduce your tax liability, perhaps, um, and organize basically this, this group of people that have just come together to make a profit efficiently, um, uh, and usually you do that through, um, usually the only way you can reduce your liability is to create some kind of corporate entity. So one thing that I, I gleaned from past uh, videos that I've watched is that the lawyers are saying, and I didn't know this before, but apparently if you don't create an entity, if you don't actually explicitly lay out an entity, one will be assumed for you or one will be designated for you. And that's usually the general partnership. So a general partnership, usually you think of two, two people have come together, they each bring their own resources and they each contribute to this organization and somehow they figure out who will get which profits. I think that's how it works. But each partner is liable for anything the other partner does, just a basic general partnership. There's no reduced liability. And so they, they ended up, they end up being sort of, uh, I guess, dangerous in a way because your partner could basically sue you if you do something that's uh, harmful for the business or, um, or if a customer maybe sues one of you, I think the other one can then sue the other partner. Um, I'm not exactly sure if there's limitations on what, what they can be sued for, probably. 
but there's basically no limited liability. So limited liability is where you have, you limit how much exposure you're risking general partnership. There's no, there's no limited limitation on basically what you could be made to pay out. And this includes everything outside of the business, your personal assets, your home. So the, the general default default partnership is probably not one entity that normally people would elect for. Now, I, I think there are some advantages and I won't really get into them here, but I think that you can basically fire anyone and it's, uh, for basically uh, fire, like fire a general partner for sort of no reason. Um, I think there's some, some advantages, but there's probably more disadvantages. And the point is, is that these the DAOs, these decentralized autonomous organizations, they're not organizations for the most part. What I need to research is whether these DAOs are being basically incorporated and then started, or if they're if they're basically these separate things that aren't incorporated at all. And I'm guessing that they're these separate things that aren't incorporated at all. And then what these VCs have done is sort of created a side entity like an LLC or business trust where they reduce their exposure. And because if you're a member of a DAO, you're considered a general partner. If this entity is not like an LLC or something else, one will be one uh, corporate structure will be assigned to you. And when does that happen? It probably happens when you sue someone and you end up in court. So these things haven't been challenged, I don't think, in court. Maybe there's some mandatory arbitrary clauses on the ones that actually have some kind of structure. Um, I need to research that further, but it's kind of funny because if they are in fact LLCs, these a lot of these DAOs, they're not decentralized. They have owners and their members usually are their owners. But, but when you start embracing current existing legal structures, those legal structures force you into boxes. So there's managers of an LLC. These people that are responsible for the day-to-day -day operations of an LLC. Then there's regular members. These people have different uh, le uh, legal responsibilities and liabilities. Now, are they treating everyone in a DAO the same? No, obviously there's people that make decisions. There's people that have more voting power. Usually this is tied to ownership, but those people, the people that manage the DAO have a lot more power and are usually considered managing directors versus just members. But I think what's going on is they, they don't want to call them managers. They want to reduce their liability and they want to say that every member is the same. We all have equal liability. Now, this is a symptom of, of DAOs that have no legal structure and DAOs that impose one from the very beginning. And the problem with imposing one from the very beginning, or maybe even adopting one later, is that there's clear owners and people that got there first. And with the decentralized uh, protocols, they don't want to say anyone is the founder, the starter. They want to say everyone's equal and everyone comes and goes as they please. And the ethos of the, of the DAOs and decentralization is that no one has to sign up and agree to anything. No one has to be KYC'd. Um, 
which now we're hearing a lot more about how they want to go that route to accept more more money from Wall Street. But but currently, the mo- most DAOs don't operate like that. They don't KYC anyone. So what I want to get to the bottom of is how many DAOs have no legal structure and how many DAOs have a legal structure and then how many DAOs have no legal structure, but then there's a side entity that sort of a lot of the members join that's an LLC and it sort of controls this DAO or, or they like to say takes direction, but we know it's the other way around. Um, it interacts with this DAO somehow. So, um, and the main one, well, so I guess I could just pick a DAO and then, you know, I could, you could argue that you go to the DAO, you, you, anyone can send anything to it. So they have these interfaces, URLs, front end, but, uh, and the, what you see is controlled by some entity that, that basically is, is, is setting up a, a flow through to their, to the, to their, uh, smart contracts. The smart contracts is, exist on Ethereum and technically anyone can interact with them. You don't need to go to their URL. So if you don't need to sign anything to interact with the DAO and you can trade and you can send your, your tokens to them, depending on what they do, Maybe they're kind of an exchange like Uniswap. Um, you can stake your coins or whatever. If you can do that without signing anything, they can't force you to sign anything if it's on Ethereum. It's decentralized. Then how can they force you to accept the terms of any kind of legal agreement or any kind of legal structure that they set up? I don't know if they can. Um, so does that mean it, it means nothing? Um, well, I think a court of law would actually impose on everyone who is an owner, quote unquote owner, if you buy their token or whatever makes you an owner of that, that DAO, you have voting rights, etc. Um, usually it's a governance token or something that, that designates ownership. Then you will be assumed to be a partner. You will be assumed to be liable. You will be assumed to be equal, equally liable as a big whale that or the devs that created this, this protocol. So I'm, I'm very interested in this topic for a few reasons. One is that I believe in crypto, the magic word is decentralization. It seems like anyone who uses this term says that they're not responsible for anything that they do on the blockchain, um, that the code that they release. I don't think so. I don't think that that's true. Um, and it's a whole long discussion, but decentralization has somehow uh, pulled the wool over the eyes of the regulators in, in such, and perhaps maybe for a reason, good reason that it's harder to find someone responsible for, for, for creating these products. Um, but I think that eventually they will figure out a way to assign responsibility, or at least the courts will. And I'll discuss what I think is going to happen with the courts. And these DAOs and their members, the members that, that really, a lot of them, most of them probably don't understand their legal responsibilities. Um, uh, but I think that they're going to be in for a rude awakening um, whenever these things finally end up in courts.